Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. Uh, we're really trying to grow the podcast and it would really help us if you would leave us a review. So go on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast and leave us a review. It's going to help more people find out about us. So we appreciate it. Now let's get to the show. And we're back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here coming to you from Flowwood once again with Caleb. And we are going to do another episode talking about our mistakes. This time we're going to talk about nutrition mistakes, five diet mistakes that we have made in the past. And just like last episode, we want to uh, talk about some mistakes that we've made. So hopefully you, uh, you listeners can um, hear them and maybe not make them so you can uh, shortcut to uh, making the progress that you want to make it, uh, with your nutrition. I kind of have a cheat here because all day I get to talk with people about some of the mistakes that they're making and some of the challenges they're having, and we get to work together to find solutions. So, um, but like anyone, I can relate to it. And oftentimes what I find is that the mistakes that we have made or even are currently making are not unique to us, but they're common to everyone. And so again, finding these solutions, talking through the mistakes can often be a proactive way of addressing something that you may or may not even know that you're making. And so hopefully it's a little bit um, educational and some things that you didn't even know were mistakes. And then the other thing could be just acknowledging, you know, that it's okay to look into some things that you haven't done well and want to do better. And maybe we've made the same mistake. Absolutely. So, you know, nutrition is one thing that there's so many different types of, uh, you know, people out there saying lots of different things and lots of con- contradicting things, and uh, it can be very tough to wade through those waters. And so, um, we've waded through some of those waters, and hopefully, uh, we can keep you from wading th- through those as well. So, Kayla, why don't you go ahead and start with your number one? I'm starting with hydration. I'm starting with water intake because we like to exercise and we like to feel good, and we have days in the gym when we feel great when we do a workout. Um, days when we feel energetic and energized. And I remember as a kid, uh, always feeling like I was feeling lethargic when I would play out in the yard. And my neighbor, uh, my best friend that we used to play with every day, whatever season it was, he always just was like exploding with energy. And I'm like, just drained and exhausted. And then I'd have days where I felt great. And looking back, I realized that and, and what I've learned as an adult in fitness is that water intake determines our energy level way more than I thought. And it gives that feeling of um, energy in a workout that I think a lot of us try to replace with caffeine or carbs or whatever it is. And yes, carbs definitely are an energy source. But I found personally, I was just not drinking enough water from eight o'clock at night until sometimes lunch or one o'clock the next day, I realized I wasn't having very much water. And so um, that to me, starting the day with 30 ounces of water with a little hydration uh, mix, a little bit of electrolytes, 
it helped me realize I was able to focus and get to work and feel energized. So hydration was the number one mistake. And I wish that I would have known that it would have had such an impact on my energy and work and also my energy when I did work out later. So was your friend drinking water? Yeah. And so that was the other thing that, yeah, I guess I forgot to say that is, um, I was just always trying to find other things. And my dad was like, Hey, you should drink some water. You should drink some water. And I just never wanted to do it. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm not thirsty. And so anyway, it just, I think it just is like one of those hindsight things where you look back and you're like, man, I was drinking Coke and sweet tea and, uh, Mondo's and Capri Suns. Mondo's. Um, so yeah, so, uh, not drinking, not, I had on my list the same thing. I had not tracking my water intake and, um, I, I'm in the same boat. Uh, there was a long time where I was just not tracking how much water I was drinking and I was definitely up and down day to day as far as energy levels. And, um, that's a change I made probably five or six years ago was I started my day with 20 ounces of water before I had any coffee. And that has had a huge impact on me and my energy levels during the morning. And I've realized, and I've learned over the years that if I start feeling tired or, um, kind of sluggish in the afternoon, I'll quickly chug 20 ounces of water and it almost immediately helps me start having more energy. And so I've, I've learned over the years that when I start feeling sluggish, if I start feeling sick, if I start feeling, um, just lethargic, I will drink, drink some water. And typically, uh, you know, you can monitor your urine and if your urine is, is yellow, really dark yellow, you definitely, um, is going to translate into, you're probably also going to feel tired in that moment or sluggish. And so drinking water to keep your urine uh, clear is, uh, is a big deal. You know, when I was growing up and playing, especially in football, when we play football in high school, they always would have us uh, look at our urine and they were always making sure we we're, uh, they, they'd always have the saying crystal clear. You're in the clear <laughs> crystal clear. You're in the clear, uh, uh, dark and yellow, uh, something fellow like you're a sad fellow or something along those lines. I can't remember how it went, but, um, they were always trying to make sure we were drinking enough water because we, they realized how important it was. And so not tracking water is a big thing. Now I try to make sure I get at least a hundred ounces every day. I start every day with 20 ounces. I drink another 20 ounces out the door and I try to make sure I'm drinking throughout the day. And I definitely notice if I haven't had enough, um, later on in the day. So drinking enough water, that's a big one for me. All right. So number two for you, uh, number two was, um, not realizing that nutrition was a collaborative effort. And for me, this is with my wife. Um, over the last couple of years, I realized that it is, it's really hard to do something by yourself or that's different than your spouse. And when we were able to get on the same page, it made it easier for both of us. Both of us were more successful. Now, whether that's even taking a break from feeling like we were in this um, ultra focused time and it was like, hey, let's enjoy this. Like, let's not put pressure on ourselves. Let's enjoy it. Or it's, hey, I'm thinking about setting this goal. Do you wanna, do you wanna really like help me dig in and not, not get lazy over the next six weeks? Um, and so for me, it was just not realizing that that was a, uh, resource uh, to my own fitness and my own health was making nutritional choices with the person that I'm spending time with and with the person I'm eating, as opposed to going back and forth um, on my own and trying to do it by myself. I'll say this, vice versa, 
it also was impactful for her for me to not be bringing food into the house if I'm trying to gain because I want to I want to put on strength and I'm eating a bunch of junk and going out to eat and uh, you know bringing things into the house that's making it really hard for her if she has a different goal so for me it was just not supporting her goals and the environment that um, and, and those decisions we could have made together and gotten on the same page and uh, we both would have seen more success. That's that's really good. Uh, for me, uh, my first one that I wrote down was not tracking. And this goes back to when I was really getting into health and fitness and really trying to make progress. And I was not tracking my food. And looking back on it, it's just like crazy to think you're going to devote all this time to try to achieve a goal. And you're not even going to make sure that you're eating enough calories and eat enough protein. And um, it's like trying to, I, I make this analogy all the time. It's like trying to be, uh, become, you know, have X amount of dollars by the time you retire, but you don't ever track your bank account or trying to have a budget and you don't ever track your spending. It's just, it's ludicrous when you think about it that way, but it's the same thing when, if you're trying to lose weight, but you're not tracking your food, or if you're trying to, if you have a, uh, a performance goal and you're not tracking literally the fuel that it's going to, to help you perform that you're using to perform. Um, it's crazy if you really think about it. And I, I went so many years without tracking my food. And so just not tracking it, you don't, don't really know what you're eating. And even now, um, and I've tracked for so long, if I don't track, I'm still not quite sure if I'm getting enough protein or, um, if I'm having too many calories or whatever. So just not tracking is, has always comes back to be the biggest thing for me. And if I really am, um, want to, be serious about losing weight or putting on muscle or achieving a goal. I have to track my food or I'm just not going to, um, you know, achieve it in the time frame that I want to. I would define that as being upset with something that's actually within your control. And so for me, it's, oh, I'm frustrated with this performance. I'm frustrated with this physique. I'm frustrated with the results. And yet I'm not doing the one thing that controls all of that. And so the thing that I put for my number three was not check-in tracking frequently. And I'll say this, like there's a little bit of a caveat. I realize that this is not advice for everyone, but I eat very similar foods all throughout the week. I love the food that I eat. I look forward to going home. It is annoying to go through a drive-thru. Um, and we've just set our life up to where my wife and I have routine set for each of us. And we love that routine. We love how much time it buys us back when we're not having to figure out what to do for dinner every night. We kind of know what we are and we actually enjoy it. But what I also realize is that human nature allows you to do that for a little bit of time. And then over time, you start to get a little bit complacent with the amount. And so what I realized is that I would sneakily start to, um, I would track my food, I would track my week, and I'd say, I'm going to do this week over and over again. And after two, three months, I'd realized that I had added a little bit. Uh, I wasn't keeping up with the peanut butter. I wasn't keeping up with the, uh, the amount of toast I was doing in the morning. Or, oh, on the weekend, I actually, instead of going out to eat but doing it controlled, I actually I got the, the cheese dip and the dessert, and I ordered, you know, something different than I normally would. And then I got, you know, we ordered cookies from Uber Eats on Sunday afternoon, or we did this. And so I realized that what I actually needed to do was check in track. Not that I needed to track my food every day because I'm very routine, but what I needed to do was once every three weeks, take, hold myself accountable to tracking my food, check in and see that I hadn't started to slip. 
And what I realize is the human nature is it's I'm not as disciplined to eat as much protein as I needed, and I'm starting to add in some of those treats after um, after a little while. And so by check-in tracking, if you're very consistent and if your routines and if your days and weeks are routine, you don't have to track your food every day because Monday looks the exact same as Thursday. If you track it once, you tracked it five times. But I needed to check in a little more often, and that allowed me to uh, not drift over the course of three or four months. Yeah, so my number three is uh, back when I um, first started really getting serious about training and losing weight and that type of stuff. Um, I got very strict regimented on my diet during the week. I was eating pretty much the same thing every day, having protein at the same time every day. And I was having uh, a cheat meal every Saturday. So basically I would say every Saturday night, I'm going to have whatever I want and uh, eat the things that um, I haven't eaten during the week. And I was eating very, I was eating like a paleo diet and um, cutting out sugar, cutting out bread, cutting out a lot of stuff. And I leaned up a ton. Um, But uh, what I realized was I started showing up. I was also trying to get stronger. And every week on Monday, I was always weak in the gym. Um, so I was just not as strong as I thought I should be. I was like, this is this doesn't make sense. I am taking Sunday off every week. Um, I ate a lot on Saturday. I should be strong on Monday, and I'm feeling weak. And then I would always be stronger later on in the week, but just weaker early on in the week. So I was really frustrated by that. Until I finally started tracking, that went back to the previous point, but I realized I was way under eating my protein on the weekend, um, and I was way over eating on fat, and I had I was not working out uh, on Sunday, so I wasn't having my post workout shake, and I wasn't also wasn't having my protein shake on um, in the morning that day like I usually did, and I was eating a lot on Saturday night, so I wasn't as hungry on Sunday, and what I realized was I was way over eating on fat and carbs and way under eating on protein, and so. Um, I wasn't getting enough protein on the weekend, so my, my muscle was not recovering the way it could uh, and should, and so I was uh, weaker on Monday. And so when I started making that change, I just started adding protein shakes on the weekend, even though it wasn't working out, and immediately I started feeling stronger on Monday, and I started uh, making much faster progress on my strength and putting on muscle. So just by adding in protein on the weekends when I wasn't working out and when I was eating, um, you know, eating not as clean, uh, I was able to continue to get stronger um, over that time period just by making sure I was getting enough protein on Saturday and Sunday. I'd say another addition to that is drinking enough during the weekends, drinking enough water on the weekends. Most of the time during your day, you're at your office, you're, uh, you know, you're at the gym, you're pretty routine with exercise, so you're drinking water, and then you go to the weekend and Sunday afternoon and you lay there uh, or you're out with your kids and you're running around shopping, doing things, and you realize that you didn't, weren't really thirsty because you weren't working out, you weren't sweating, um, and you get to Monday and you're wondering why you feel more tired on Monday than you do on Thursday. And a lot of times it's the water, the hydration too. So yeah, that's a big, the, the muscle recovery over the weekend with protein. And then also, you know, if you lay down for four hours on Sunday afternoon and take a nap and watch a game, uh, oftentimes like you're already behind on the water. So that was something that helped me feel better on Mondays as well. Uh, number four for me was actually, this is, uh, this is not sarcastic, uh, skipping meals. Like I find myself, I get busy and my tendency is to not eat and not want to eat. Um, part of it is just the routine I have and being at the gym during the day. It's not a environment that's conducive to like eating a big meal. And so I end up, um, even on the weekends, finding myself 
with protein, I, I don't, I find myself like just not, not eating a meal, getting busy in the afternoon and realizing it's one o'clock and I'm not really hungry. And then all of a sudden it's four 30 and I realized that I didn't eat, I haven't had protein. Um, and so for me, I realized that it's skipping meals for other people. It may be eating too many meals. I think a study shows that for people who would like to gain muscle, they have a tendency to undereat by 30%. And people who would like to lose body fat, they have a tendency to overestimate how much they're eating. Where I have a tendency to underestimate. I think, oh yeah, I'm good on my protein. And then I track it and it's, it's well short. And so I know that there's two different types of people out there. And for me, I fall into the trap of, I get too busy and I realize that I didn't eat for the day. And so I've got to make myself stop and eat sometimes when I'm not hungry. And that actually keeps me from overeating um, at night. That's good. That's good. Mine's in a similar vein and mine is uh, intermittent fasting. And I made a post about this not too long ago, but I, uh, I was doing intermittent fasting for a while. Basically I wasn't eating till lunchtime and uh, I felt like I was uh, thinking clearer and uh, that's why I wanted to do it. But what I found out was I just was really having low energy throughout the day. My, my workouts, I did not have very much energy for. I was really dragging in the afternoon and feeling like I needed to take a nap every day. Um, and I was having trouble getting enough protein because I wasn't eating enough um, during the day. And um, I just I was overall just my function level throughout the day was just a lot lower. And I um, started adding a bigger breakfast again. And, uh, immediately my energy level started going up. I started getting more out of my workouts. I started having more energy throughout the entire day and not feeling like I was dragging the second half of the day. And, uh, it just was not, um, a, not a great way for me to, to go out through my day. So, uh, intermittent fasting did not work for me. Um, I, I was not able to perform at the level I wanted to both inside the gym and also in work. And so, uh, I nixed it, started having a lot bigger breakfast and immediately started feeling a lot more energy. So, um, definitely one of, one of the mistakes I made. All right. The last one, um, one of the mistakes I've made from being disciplined for a lot of the year and, and coaching people, it holds me accountable to do what I'm asking people to do and to, to go on that journey with them. But one of the things that, um, I've done wrong is when I do take time off, I tend to like overdo it, whether that's alcohol, whether that's vacation and dessert, whether it's, all right, you know, I've eaten for two weeks straight clean. I couldn't mess it up if I want to. I'm going to eat as much as I can. And what I ended up doing was realizing that like vacation doesn't mean that like you're going to enjoy it better by going crazy. I enjoy how I feel and feeling is a part of enjoying uh, vacation. And so for me, it was not feeling like I had to make myself sick in order to enjoy food. So that's whether that's Thanksgiving or Christmas or time off. I think that like realizing that I actually don't have to overconsume things in order to be the person who relaxes and enjoys themselves. I can do that with an appropriate amount and then not, not sleep for three nights or four nights. You know, whether for me, that's, I don't sleep well when I eat certain things. And so if I go on vacation and I go crazy and I have beers for breakfast, it's like, I don't enjoy beers that for breakfast and, hey, and I don't enjoy that go. more. I don't, you know, I don't have to eat three slices of key lime pie at the beach, you know, at night just to feel like 
I'm enjoying myself and to take a break. I can actually just like enjoy something and also enjoy rest and enjoy getting sleep. And so, uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, yeah, just realize that I don't have to go crazy to say I'm enjoying myself. And I think a lot of people feel like they need to overindulge in order to be the type of person that relaxes a little bit. And you really don't have to, you can be disciplined. The truth is if, if what you're doing really works, then you will enjoy doing that more than you will the, the things that you're avoiding during the week or during the, you know, the majority of your year. Yeah. So my last one is a little bit more, um, into the, uh, finer points of timing and nutrition timing and that type of stuff. But, um, I learned all this, um, through Renaissance periodization that I was going through a long time ago, uh, for, uh, for performance. Uh, but basically, um, I was eating, uh, too much fat a lot of times before my workouts and realizing that the fat takes a long time to digest and was sitting heavy on my stomach and it was making me feel sluggish and, uh, in my workouts. And so, uh, I quit having, uh, heavy fat meals, um, within a, you know, two or three hours before I worked out and just made sure it was a lighter meal with some carbs and a little bit of protein. And, um, going in, I realized it was probably better to go into, um, a workout, not with an empty stomach with, with a little bit of an emptier stomach and just, um, having taken in some carbs and kind of topped off my carb stores before my workout. Um, and I just, I started feeling a lot better in workouts and there were, you know, before I was doing that, there'd be some days when I felt really good in workouts and some days not so much. And a lot of times there was a few times where I almost threw up. I can remember vividly in workouts and it's cause I'd had a high fat, um, meal, you know, not too much time before I actually did the workout. So having a higher fat meal before my workouts, uh, made me feel sluggish, made my stomach feel heavy, made me feel like I was going to throw up sometimes, um, made my stomach feel queasy, that type of thing. And so learning, uh, the proper way to fuel myself before a workout. And so now, um, if it's been a while since I've eaten, I'll usually have like a fuel for fire or, uh, some fruit or something, uh, before my workout. And that gives me plenty of energy, uh, before my workout. So, not going into a workout fasted, um, and also not going into a workout after having a lot of fat, um, are two things that, um, can really have a game, you know, a big, big, uh, effect on, on how you perform and how you feel in a workout. So lunch at Buffalo Wild Wings, not a good idea before the workouts no, in the afternoon. Not before the workouts, no, but before the football games that you're going to watch, it could be a good idea. Always a good idea. It, it just, you know, context is key. Context is key. So we, uh, Man, we haven't made a whole lot of mistakes, so we're, we're blowing through this stuff. Any other nutrition uh, topics you want to dis- discuss now that we've uh, talked about our biggest mistakes? Well, let's talk about, uh, let's do this. What's the uh, biggest uh, biggest mistakes you see with your clients that, or that you've seen recently, something that you've talked about your clients, a big mistake or two that sticks out? Uh, I think that for most people, I see them, and I mentioned it earlier, but I see people get frustrated with something that's they feel like is out of their control and they just don't realize that that it's within their control so it could be i'm just so frustrated i'm not getting better in the gym or i'm just not seeing my body composition go down go in the direction that i want i'm not seeing my body fat go down um and it's you know it's not always tracking food but most of the time it's like well hey let me see your food food diary for the last three weeks and it's like oh i've tracked one day and I'm like, immediately, I know that tracking food provides the result that you want. And there's one thing that you need to do. It's just write down what you eat 
when you eat it and it doesn't take very long and it will free up your mind and it will make you so much more confident about setting and achieving goals. And so oftentimes I see the biggest mistake is that people, um, they want to blame whether it's hormones or whether it's their schedule or whether it's the workout and I need to do more of this or I need to do more of that in order to get this result. And in reality, it all gets back to how important food is and how easy it is to measure your food. And then you get all of those things. So I hate seeing people frustrated and then not do the one thing they need to do. And so I used to try to coach nutrition clients through uh, trying to find strategies around eating healthier and seeing their goals without tracking food because people always say, oh, it's just too tough or I don't like to do it or it takes too much time or that's obsessive. And the reality is it's, it's none of those things. It allows for consistency. It allows for freedom. It allows for you to eat the birthday cake or eat the piece of, you know, piece of cake at dinner and also sleep good at night knowing you're on track. And so it gives the solution is measurement and yet it's the one thing that people want to try every other route and i hate seeing people frustrated with their results and not and not doing the one thing that gives them the most control yeah just with conversations with so many different people over the years it almost always comes back to awareness and not aware of how much food they're actually eating. They're eating more than they think they are and they're eating less protein than they think they are. And it, it, you can never really get to that point without tracking. And um, that's why it's, it's so important that people be, track at least for a while because that gives them the awareness of, of what they're actually taking in and um, how much protein they're actually taking. And it, you know, it almost never fails when people actually start tracking their protein. They're like getting half of what they need to. And it, and it can be a game changer in the fact that they put on muscle at an incredible rate when they actually start eating enough protein because their body's been wanting to put that muscle on for a long period of time. It just hadn't had the resources to be able to do that. And that's why people can put on four five, six pounds of muscle in a very short period of time. It's because their body's trying to catch up with all the work that that it's been trying to uh, recover from. So that's, that's really good. Any uh, other nutrition related uh, topics you want to discuss before we move on to the next segment? Uh, I don't think so. I, with with nutrition, it's hard because there's just there's so many different things that we can um, that we can talk about, and it seems to be so vague. I think uh, one thing I always try to tell people is remind them that food is very important, and so um, to to try to find a way to think about food in a positive light uh, just keeps you from butting up against something that's absolutely natural, and that is the love for food and the enjoyment of food and how good it feels to eat a good meal. And so what I love to do is try to give people tools and resources to where they can both be happy with their success and achieve what they want to achieve and not feel like they're restricting something about life and and our culture that is so important and such an important aspect of our culture. And so um, food is very positive. We're talking about mistakes that we've made, and sometimes that can be overwhelming. But the reality is I love eating, and I love food, and I love being able to – I love being able to go to Chick-fil-A on the weekend yeah. and try the pimento cheese, you know, Did you honey try jalapeno it? chicken sandwich. I've had two of them. Oh, you uh, liked it? And they're great. Oh. You didn't like it? No. Uh, it was like the biggest letdown of the year for let me. me. I tried you. one and it let was me not tell for you. me. Jalapenos, pimento cheese, hot honey. It was, um, 
it was something I didn't know that was missing from my life. Well, it, it, it's still missing from my life because I did not like it. There you go. Everybody has different uh, food tastes, and that's why you can't follow one thing because Hunter hates that. I love it. And so if I tried to make, create a meal plan, there's no way I could perfectly fit in all the things that you love that I don't. All my ideas, you may hate those foods. And so, again, tracking food just allows you to choose your own diet. You get to choose whatever you want to eat. You just begin to, over time, start to realize that um, some things just aren't worth it. You know, that sandwich probably isn't worth it for you. No, It'd probably be better not. just to eat your normal food. So, uh, no, it's. It, I like to try to keep nutrition positive and diet, the thought of diet as a positive thing that's associated with the goals that you have in achieving the best shape of your life. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, let's move on to the next segment. Outside the box. So uh, we probably don't have a whole lot to add to this segment. Do you have anything you want to talk about from outside the box, Caleb? Uh, no. I got, uh, again, everybody knows what we've We're got. We're swirling. Going, what Things are got, swirling. The walls are caving in. What it's, we've got uh, going on outside the box. Um, I'll tell you what. Um, I, uh, I watched a lot of football this past weekend. And uh, I got the Sunday ticket for the first time. And I got the, uh, the old four screen on the TV. And that was, that was incredible. It was just, it was, it, it's, it's something. Talk about things that have been missing from my life. That's been missing from my life is the NFL How four screen. How do you screen. pick the games? And so they you, have presets. Okay, so uh, they have so preset you, you, combinations. Yeah, they have preset combinations. And I had the red zone channel on one. And then I had three games on the other. And. I did that for a while, and then I had to. Uh, it got to be a little bit too much stimulation, and so I had to go back to watching just one at a time and flicking back and forth. But just being able to watch any game on TV that was on is just is incredible. I I I I it was us all. I just love the NFL. NFL is my favorite thing to watch, and um, you know you for my whole life you've been I've been limited by the two games they have on the local stream. You know the CBS and the Fox game, and then. Um, a lot of times there were games on that I wanted to watch, but I couldn't because they weren't in our market. And now I can just kind of watch whatever I want to. And the four screen was really, really uh, awesome. And I know this is the first time uh, Sunday Tick has ever had that. So I'd recommend doing that. Um, they allow you to test it out. You could test it out on college football. They they have multi-view available for college. Um, with the NFL, though, the thing that makes it better is that you there's only really two windows of games. And so you've got so many games going on, yep. whereas college, it's spread out from 11 until, you know, West Coast, 10 o'clock. And, you know, all the games are different times. It's rare that the games you all want to watch, so you know, you don't, you don't end up watching Illinois and Central Michigan. So we had some of my family come over to our house last Saturday, and there was only the Alabama game and the Mississippi State game were on at the same time. But they didn't have, like, the two-screen option. They only had the four-screen. So I put the four-screen on, but we were only watching the bottom two and everybody was just kind of like, ah, I don't like this. So we just put it back on one game. So uh, NFL is different because there's a lot of good games on at once. But like you said, college, sometimes the, the games are spread out to where you only want to watch one on uh, at a time. But, uh, yeah, football is here, and it, it was the first weekend was glorious. I'll tell you what, it was uh, – it was heart-wrenching to watch the hard knocks all year and then watch Aaron Rodgers go down on the fifth play. Talk about outside the box. That is uh, – And uh, just the, the expression on Salah's face, which just said it all. Dude. Just it looked like his dog died. And, and what was hard about the, the, his face after it happened 
was watching his face all hard knocks long when he realized that Aaron Rodgers was really his get out of jail yeah. free card. He was like, oh my gosh, He's I can't like, believe he it. He just saved yeah. us. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I have never seen this before. And Aaron Rodgers, like, again, talent that is really unmatched in terms of, uh, you know, the average quarterback. He's just head and shoulders above. And so I don't know what that's like, honestly. I don't, I don't, you know, watching any NFL quarterback. If they came into the gym or were tossing the football around, I'm sure it would just look different. The way the ball comes off their oh, hand. Oh, it does, yeah. Side, I mean, I know that that's how a lot of professional sports are. But even college for, quarterbacks. And even college different. quarterbacks. Yeah. But for it to be at a level where even in the NFL he stands out and these coaches are just in awe of watching what he's able to do with the football and his leadership – it just made it that much harder watching how excited they were all year. And I hate that for Hard Knocks, I thought my rating for Hard Knocks this year was like a, a 6 out of 10 just because I felt like the only storyline that they hit on was how great it was to have Aaron Rodgers. And every episode seemed to center around how great he was, and now it just is wiped away. Four plays. Well, I will say the uh – the rookie who returned the punt to win the game was one of the main uh, rookies they talked about on Hard Knocks, so that was really cool to see. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, heart-wrenching, um, tough to watch, and uh, you just don't ever know how the season's going to play out till they actually start playing, so I'm looking forward to uh, to uh, see it. Uh, one of my Super Bowl picks looked really good, and one of them looked terrible, so the Cowboys looked awesome, <laughs> and the Bengals looked terrible. But the Bengals seem to start every year slow, so I'm sure they'll be fine, and uh, maybe the Cowboys will uh, – We'll roll through. Well, you got anything to recommend before we uh, wrap it up here? So my recommend is uh, a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to recommend that if you have any sort of a habit that you want to create um, or something that you're frustrated that you don't do or you forget things, to purchase multiple of those things and put them in the place where you're going to use them. Uh, I do this with nutrition clients. Oftentimes, they have trouble tracking food. And the hardest thing about tracking food is measuring oftentimes and knowing how much is this. And so what my wife and I did is realize that if we just bought like 10 teaspoon measurements and we put them in the food that we're going to, we're tracking, uh, we didn't ever have to go out of our way to, to measure food. It was already there. You know, it's like just getting it. I measure chia seeds in the morning. I put it in my shake. Well, instead of trying to every day go get the teaspoon or go get the the fourth cup thing and, and measure it out, I just put it in the container. And I realized that I started doing that with a lot of things, uh, whether it be like a pill that you want to take a multivitamin, whether it be books that you want to read and just going ahead and putting it in the place where you're going to read. Um, you know, I put chapstick on, probably not the best habit, but I just decided I'm going to buy 10 of them and I'm just going to put them in all the places where I may want to use it. Um, fingernail clippers. My fingernails grow really quick. I have to, I cut my fingernails all the time. Well, I just realized if I buy three of them, I can put them in all these different places and it's already there. So that's my recommend. Find something that you wish that you would have put in the place or you look for it and you're like, oh, where is that? And is it something that's affordable to buy multiple of and just put them in that place and they, and you never are inconvenienced and you never don't have it with you. There you go. Put it, buy something and put it where it 
needs to be. I tried to do that and leave all my food out on the counter, and Sarah <laughs> was not a fan of that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I know limits. how that goes. I know how that goes. Okay, so I'm going to recommend a TV show, and it's an older show, uh, but we just started watching it. There's three seasons. It's called The Fall, and it is a show on um, Amazon Prime. And it is a uh, base in Northern Ireland, and it's got Sully from the X-Files in it. She's the main detective. But it's about a serial killer, and it follows the actual guy who's a serial killer and uh, the detective who's trying to catch him. And it, it picks up after he's killed, like, two women, and he ends up killing, you know, more. And so it shows that whole process, and he's married and has kids, and it follows him around. And then it shows the uh, detective and her search for who's committing these murders and then uh, they get onto th this guy and now they're trying to track him down. It's fascinating stuff. It's also pretty dark. So um, if you like that kind of stuff, if you like serial killer shows, um, I would recommend it. Um, if you don't skip it because it's definitely one of the darker ones. Um, it, and it just is, I mean, it's really graphic. I mean, not specifically graphic per se and like gory and everything. There's a little bit of that, but it's more like, really creepy in the psychological side of it and really goes into the guy's inner workings and talks about why he's doing the things he's doing and it's just it's scary <laughs> but it's it's scary. it's really well done so i would uh recommend it if you uh if you like that kind of stuff like i said it's on amazon prime and it came out like i think 10 years ago so it's uh it's an older show and you know what i also realized through this whole process is i did not realize that sully from the x-files played in uh the crown and so that was fascinating to me i did not recognize her um from that show so that was something else i figured out but uh she was uh margaret thatcher in the crown if you watch do you watch the crown uh we negative we started it um uh, back when it first came out like season one and then i lost interest did you ever watch the x-files do you know what i'm talking about i did not watch it do you know what i'm talking about though i don't wow oh man gosh feeling my age now okay all right well uh that's it for this week and uh hope you guys enjoyed it and we will catch you next time Silky smooth sounds.